0: DEDICATION OF THE LANE THAT HAS NO TURNING, SECTION 0 This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. THE LANE THAT HAS NO TURNING, AND OTHER TALES CONCERNING THE PEOPLE OF PONTIAC, BY GILBERT PARKER. DEDICATION DEDICATION To the Right Honorable Sir Wilfrid Laurier, GCMG, Dear Sir Wilfrid Laurier, Since I first began to write these tales in 1892, I have had it in my mind to dedicate to you this bundle of life when it should be complete. It seemed to me, and it seemed so still, that to put your name upon the covering of my parcel, as one should say, in care of, when it went forth, was to secure its safe and considerate delivery to that public of the empire which is so much in your debt. But with other feelings also do I dedicate this volume to yourself.' for many years your name has stood for a high and noble compromise between the temperaments and the intellectual and social habits of two races and i am not singular in thinking that you have done more than most other men to make the english and french of the dominion understand each other better There are somewhat awkward limits to true understanding, as yet, but that sympathetic service which you render to both peoples, with a conscientious striving for impartiality, tempers even the wind of party warfare to the shorn lamb of political opposition. In a sincere sympathy with French life and character, as exhibited in the democratic yet monarchial province of Quebec, or lower Canada as historically I still love to think of it, moved by friendly observation and seeking to be truthful and impartial have i made this book and others dealing with the life of the proud province which a century and a half of english governance has not anglicized This series of more or less connected stories, however, has been the most cherished of all my labors, covering, as it has done, so many years, and being the accepted of my anxious judgment out of a much larger gathering, so many numbers of which are retired to the seclusion of copyright while reserved from publication. In passing, I need hardly say that the Pontiac of this book is an imaginary place and has no association with the real Pontiac of the province. I had meant to call the volume born with a golden spoon a title stolen from the old phrase born with a golden spoon in the mouth but at the last moment i have given the book the name of the tale which is chronologically the climax of the series and the end of my narratives of french canadian life and character i had chosen the former title because of an inherent meaning in its relation to my subject A man born in the purple, in comfort, wealth, and secure estate, is said to have a golden spoon in his mouth. In the eyes of the world, however, the phrase has a somewhat ironical suggestiveness, and to have luxury wealth and place as a birthright is not thought to be the most fortunate incident of mortality. My application of the phrase is therefore different. I have, as you know, traveled far and wide during the past 17 years, and though I have seen people as frugal and industrious as the French Canadians, I have never seen frugality and industry associated with so much domestic virtue, so much education and intelligence, and so deep and simple a religious life. Nor have I ever seen a priesthood at once so devoted and high-minded in all that concerns the home life of their people as in French Canada." A land without poverty and yet without riches, French Canada stands alone, too well educated to have a peasantry, too poor to have an aristocracy, as though in her the ancient prayer had been answered, Give me neither poverty nor riches, but feed me with food convenient for me. And it is of the habitant of Quebec before all men else, I should say, born with the golden spoon in his mouth. To you, sir, I come with this book which contains the first things i ever wrote out of the life of the province so dear to you and the last things also that i shall ever write about it i beg you to receive it as the loving recreation of one who sympathizes with the people of whom you come and honors their virtues and who has no fear for the unity and no doubt as to the splendid future of the nation whose fiber is got of the two great civilizing races of europe Lastly, you will know with what admiration and regard I place your name on the forepage of my book, and greet in you the statesman, the literateur, and the personal friend. Believe me, dear Sir Wilfrid Laurier, yours very sincerely, Gilbert Parker. Twenty Carlton House Terrace, London, South West, fourteenth August, nineteen hundred. End of section zero.